0: This is Dr. Jose Saldívar with another episode of the Way to College podcast. And in my work uh, as a podcaster, I've had the luxury, and really it is, it's a luxury, it's an opportunity to meet some wonderful people. And uh, one of my earlier guests was a friend and colleague, somebody that I met uh, while I was working on my graduate studies at UT. And today, today I have the pleasure of meeting her sister and getting her sister's story and talking about her own educational journey. And so, Nancy, do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners out there?
1: Sure. I am Nancy Villarreal. I never changed my last name and that'll, that'll take us on, a, on our own journey uh, ourselves. But uh, uh, if my husband was in this podcast, he'd say, you need to mention Garza. And I'll tell you another story about that one, but, uh, so I'm Nancy Villarreal, proud parent of Michael and Haley and married to my wonderful husband, uh, Raimundo Garza. Um, I do work for Mission CISD and I've worked for Mission CISD for, since my initial career. And, uh, even though I am a proud graduate of La Jolla High School and La Jolla ISD, uh, Mission CISD was the first one that gave me my opportunity. And I have been here now, this is my 28th year and, um, Kind of like, not to be cliche, but started from the bottom, and now I'm here, and so um, uh, there—that's who I am in a
0: nutshell. Wonderful, wonderful. That's awesome. So, so Nancy, may I call you Nancy? Sure, absolutely. Okay, (laughs) so Nancy, I I often ask all of my guests. I start with uh, this one question, and the question is: If you had to go back and identify the starting point for your own educational journey what would that starting point or where would that starting point be for you?
1: When education became the focus?
0: Yeah. I, you know, we, um, here I'll, 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 for example, I'll share mine and, um, my educational journey I often point to and I share with my students was when I was in fifth grade and my father, my father was an auto body man and he had his own auto body shop. So the first day of summer, right after fifth grade, my father said, you're going to go work with me today. And I wasn't planning on it. I didn't know. And he said later that day when I was, I think like shoveling caliche or, 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 or or sweeping. And he said, I'm doing this because I want you to see that you have a choice. You have options. You can study and do amazing things, or you can work with your hands and do some very difficult work. Like what I do. And so I often point to that as like, that was such a transformational point for me. So for you, I got it. What was that moment? I got
1: it. (laughs) Once you said it and gave me an example. Oh, I know exactly when that happened. So I was, and I don't remember what grade I was, but it was a summer and um, that I remember saying and telling uh, my parents something very dramatic about you know that either we don't have enough money or life is just so much is so easy for you something around that that entity that's what i remember and my mom says oh and it's okay if i kind of translate into spanish you know yeah. no sabes de lo que estás hablando mañana te voy a dar un ejemplo de lo que es trabajo right so i'm going boy well, was summer and so we were so used to being latchkey kids. And so because our parents never wanted to in the protection and the journey that they ch- had to come to, to the United States, they protected us a lot from a lot of things. Right. And so tú te quedas en la casa, ustedes no le hablan a nadie and et cetera, et cetera. And so what happened there was um, we got up early in the morning. First of all, I was like, why are you waking me up so early? What's going on? What happened? Oh, you didn't forget. We had that argument. So it must have been. I guess old enough, fourth or fifth grade in the summer of that, and then they took me to La Labor to pick up cucumber. I remember that, and so we literally got up at four in the morning and um and they took me and and I said, What in the world am I doing here right and so it was Labor, and I remember these trucks that we would just pick up cucumber and we need to do it fast, but I'm hungry. What well, doesn't matter? You need to go on, right? And so be able to then put them up in the in the trucks. And so I guess I was real in in that time. So I think I I looked sweaty and red. And so the gentleman from the truck uh, was the one that picked me up and said, No, no, they que se que un ratito. Parece que se va a desmayar. <laughs> she looks I guess she's about to pass out. So. I sat with him, and then he was the one that said, it doesn't look like if you were made for this. And I told him, and I kind of think I did through my dehydration. I was like, no, I know I wasn't. So he says, if you don't go to school and you don't finish school and their own perception of what school is, aquí vas a venir todos los días. You're going to come here every day and you're going to do this day in, day out. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm done. I'm done eating tacos because we I remember very clearly that I had a tortilla de harina taco, a, a flour tortilla, and it only had beans in there. And that's all we ate pretty much until dinner, um, because the faster later I find out that the faster I did it, the more money we made. Right. So that was it for me. I apologized. And so I said, um. I'm so sorry. Um, You work very, very hard, but I never want to do that again. And so from the gentleman that said, let her sit here through my mom saying, "Okay, now you understand. And so I was glad that I was given the opportunity to learn the hard way. And they continue to protect me through life. And even to this to this day, um, they continue to protect me mentally and emotionally through a lot of their struggles because they wanted a better life for for Nancy, right? And Elizabeth. So um, but that was me. That that's my starting point. I was like, okay, I never want to do that again. Never want to do that again. So I knew that the education
0: was key. So having that experience Mm -hmm. and recognizing right, okay, I need my education is key. I need to continue with my education. What what were your aspirations? What were you thinking about? Okay, th- now I'm going to focus on this. And this is what I, I think I'd like to do.
1: So teaching was always besides being an actress, right. In the, in the whole. cause I went into when I play and I did all that and um, Betty Lafayette wasn't in at the time. So I said, I don't know how that has been <laughs> out. I'm kidding. But, um, <laughs> but so through my journey, I had a sixth grade teacher that took us on a care journey. You know, Dr. Solida, you know, we we go through different, you know, parts of our career. And, you know, right now, you know, mental illness um, uh, uh, and social emotional learning and all these fancy words. And at the end of the day, it's about a teacher caring for a, a child, right? And the kind of care, it takes it's it's very, very important. And so really, when we talk again, another cliche is it was a teacher that led me through the path and then I, what I wanted to do. And for me, it was my sixth grade teacher, uh, Miss Science, and then went on other teachers. But she showed this little girl in sixth grade how to wash her face properly. And then from that to, and she was an English teacher. Okay. To through the books of like diary of Anne Frank and, um, the closet, those, those, oh, I don't even remember the title of the book, but it was like eight books. And she took us on the adventure of these young babies. What are these? They they go into a closet and then go into another world. But, and then through um, Shakespeare and through, but it was a life journey. It was a life lesson. And so I I knew then that I wanted to be an educator of some sort. So um, and different than people from my sixth grade, then in high school uh, when I was in band. But I also had an amazing counselor that also taught me that through taking that extra time and care um, that. It wasn't impossible for you to become what you wanted to become. So I'm telling you that sixth grade teacher, Miss Science, I still remember, you know, she brought us all, including little boys, towels, and she showed us how to wash our face through the connection of a book. Um, if it was a diary of Anne Frank, we wrote a diary if it was, but she took us on a journey. And so I did become an English teacher, I suppose, right? That was my first love, but it, then other journeys came into play and now, you know, full circle, but that was it for me. I I knew that I wanted to be a teacher because of the way that person made me feel. I felt valued and honored. And you're talking about a little girl that came from the Calles, or the humble beginnings of a very low socio, to this day, Colonia on South um, La Homa Road that wasn't paved, and today they claim that it's paved, but oh my goodness, Uh, that's a whole other story, but that took the bus very early in the morning, left home, and got home late at night after band practice, and she cared about us. And so I wanted to make others feel that way. And, and that's, I mean, that's, I, I just remembered, it's like social emotional learning, capturing kids' hearts. So you have all these products. And genuinely, yeah. really, it's somebody caring about you,
0: genuinely caring about you. Had, um, and maybe this is a a, a well, let me just ask, had you not felt like that in another class? Had you ever never had a, a like if, to that point? Mm-hmm. Like, cause I, I, I mean, the, the, the way you describe it, right. It's, it was an incredibly, like, it sounds like just incredible, incredibly powerful experiences of being able to relate some skills and connect them to the books and the texts that you were reading. But before that, had you not had any teachers that, that you felt like this connection to
1: Nothing until sixth grade. Wow. Scary, huh? Yeah. (laughs) I remember carrying teachers and, and, um, but I think that they wanted something not in return, but I was a really good, you know, orator in Spanish. I I was fluent in Spanish. And so I, I, I knew that then I was in presentations and, and, but yeah, vivid reminder and my sixth grade and Flores Elementary, Flores Elementary.
0: Wow, that that's really powerful, um, and and so fortunate for you to have that experience uh, and to feel that. You you know you said you would go on to become an, an English teacher. Um, was college always part of the plan after that? Never, you know, after, never, no. I when knew did that college...
1: I had no other. I had no other choice because my <clears throat> father. And that's why I said the first question, is like, are you going to make me cry? Because my father, not because they didn't. And when we talk about an educational journey, loved, I always felt loved. Loved was felt since, you know, my mom and my dad just adored us. My father, the love of a man like no other. When we talk about honor and respect and expectation, he had it for us. So he knew that we had no other option but going to college. And he didn't know how we were going to get there. But we didn't have any other option. If we tell him, papi, pero, no, 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 no. Aquí, there's no peros in this household. You just need to figure out how you're going to get there. Because we are in the United States of America. And this is a country that's going to give you everything if you work hard. So if you think it's going to come to your hands, that's never going to happen. But we came to this country to give, not to take away. Because this country will do that for you, but you have to work. So you will find the option to do that. You, there's no pedals here. So figure it out. Go find it and let me know where I have to show up so we can honor what you've done. That's the way my father was. So I I, I didn't know how I was going to get there, but it took the caring people to get me there. You see how I talk about care and not a teacher that didn't work from eight to four or eight to five or an individual that didn't work their regular hours, the above and beyond kind of teachers, counselors, because that's the reason that I got to college. The My father saying, there's no excuse. You're going to come back and you're going to tell me how you're going to get there. I don't know how to get there. I'm from, I'm a Mexican trying to survive in this country, but I brought you to this country because I know you can do it. Right. There's no option. So, when I went in sixth grade, well, seventh in middle school, there was indi- individual, Mr. Charles Garcia, who is, uh, that's another, you know, portion of, of the crying moment because he's right now, he's in the hospital, right? I still touch base with the man. Um, and so Mr. Charles Garcia, I entered band in the sixth grade. I mean, seventh grade, cause it's, it's after sixth grade elementary, then I, I, I did. I signed the dotted line for band and the rest is history. Um, Band was my outlet. Band was the entity that taught me how to be independent. Band was the entity that encouraged me to say, you know, I need to pass this. And And we talk about algebra and geometry, my goodness, nightmares so band was the the outlet for me to continue to journey on through and then when we went from eight, seventh and eighth grade to high school, Mr Charles Garcias continued to be in la Jolla and just saw something in me again I was very shy people don't believe me that I was shy they thought I was a cheerleader and I'm going no 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 <laughs> absolutely not um so I then became. A leader in band, I was. If you tell me right now, pick up a saxophone and play it, I would know. I just knew that it was a saxophone. So I learned that that was going to lead me to the next level. And so, being a leader in the saxophone section was something that I wanted to continue to do to make Mr. Choskasias proud, because he had this expectation, right? So I was one of the, you know, uh, only women in the saxophone section and uh and so then became you know the first chair and then when i was a sophomore he said i can see you as a drum major what do you mean a drum major like mean like speaking and conducting and what do you yes you need to try out sir um i just want to play my saxophone no 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 you're gonna try out i'm gonna prep. so and then i became a drum major 11th and 12th grade and and in wow. the meantime. There was, I don't know if he then spoke to the count, I don't know what happened, but while the process of band, I had a wonderful angel called also, I had two other angels at the high school in La Jolla, Viola Carnales, who is still subbing or supporting as she was a counselor, and uh, Miss Pat Garza, who just retired last year, English teacher. who. Continued to inspire me to do and be better. Miss Viola Canales was the one that said, You're going to go away to college. And I'm looking at her like, "Uh, There's no college here in the valley. No, there is, but you're not gonna stay here. You're gonna go. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but my father is like Mexican. I don't think he's gonna let me leave the house. No, he will, he will. We're gonna get you there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so yeah. they did, Dr. Salud, they they spoke to my parents. They I remember having a conversation with my father, my senior year. And uh and I said, Daddy, you know, remember, you remember when you told me that. That the only option was college and the university. And he says, yes. Well, I have a document here that I need you to sign financial aid. I've been accepted to the University of what used to be Southwest Texas State University, um, to Texas State, right? Currently, Texas State, yes, party school. It was amazing. Um, and so, okay, donde le firmo? Where do I sign? That you do know that it is about five hours away from here so do we have to take you daddy yes you kind of do need to take me well no they have ne- they had never been past a the checkpoint Dr. Zaldio they've never been past. the Rio Grande Camargo on this side and then they had never been past. they had never taken us to the island I mean none of that I was the one that had been past a checkpoint because through band I did go to band camp in Dallas to draw major camp in San Marcos. So I did spend some spaces, you know, in Austin. So I was semi exposed to that part of the United States, but my parents had never been. So all he said was, I trust you. You're going to get there. Yes. But you have to take me. Okay. I can take you. Can I bring your mom? Yes. Well, you definitely can bring mom. (laughs) But that, you know, and so he just signed and he trusted. Um, There was another portion of it before I got the acceptance letter and all of that. I got a full scholarship to go to University of, you know, well, Texas State. I'm sorry. In the good old days, Mr. Charles Casillas drove me five hours to go try out for a scholarship. And back drove me the good old days. I think right now it would have been like she ran away with her major guy. (laughs) I mean, her, her bad director. How dare you know? But yeah. And my parents trusted. So I went, I tried out, I got a full scholarship and came back. Wow. How, how, how is that possible today? But I—that's it, why I said I, I've got to thank this amazing human being, you know, Mr. Casillas, who just believed and saw something in me that that you know um, that it could be possible that I could be I could do something that I could get out of a colonia, and that there was something with a lot of hard work that you know paid off.
0: Wow. Um. Oh my goodness. So what, just what wonderful people, what wonderful people to have had, to have had in your life, to have intervened. And, and it's funny, you know, I, um, one of my most recent interviews was with a, 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 not a classmate, but we went to college together and we were talking about how sometimes it's luck. Right. That, that we find these people that, 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 you know, in our lives and that they see something in us. Mm-hmm. They see something, they see potential, they see something special. And they say, if I can give this child some mentorship, if I can show them opportunity, I think this student, this child, will flourish. Or is going to do something great. Mm-hmm. And so, what an amazing story! And to know that you had these people in your life that saw that in you and created some opportunities for you—what mm-hmm. that, that's awesome. Now, let me ask you. Then you go to Texas State. What was that transition like? So you, Ooh. you know, you you characterized it right. Coming from the Colonia, and now you're at Texas State Party School, right? <laughs> <laughs> what, was the, what was that transition like for you, Nancy? And
1: my kids always, they ask me, they say, mom, if you had to go back, because we, I tell them, never go back, you're moving forward, right? But if you had to go back, what would you do? Where were you go?" I said, go back to Texas State. Are you kidding? Um, <laughs> let me tell you, I mean, it was <laughs> magical. Um, every single minute was magical. First of all, you have to... One of the things, and I think that you know, I don't know exactly where you are from, Doctor Saldivar, but me, I I was again very sheltered. So the only other culture I ever saw was Mexicans, Mexican Americans. Right? I would go up to a Mexican American, and you know, didn't even know the the. I didn't even know the, what was that called? The, the I guess, lingo or that they even, any Mexicano didn't know how to speak Spanish. I went up to a Mexicano and I said, this is Spanish. And they look at me like, first of all, that was the first thing. Um, I don't know how to speak Spanish. I'm like, but aren't you Florida's? Uh Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> that was one. So, the white and the black community I only saw through television. So, whites I only was exposed through the young and the restless. So, if I saw a white individual, white girl or man, I thought they were going to do a telenovela kind of scene and it's going to be like very dramatic, like the young and the restless. (laughs) I was completely wrong. And then the Black community, I was, I never knew because it was all about the hippity hoppity and of course, noob dog. And that was my only, or no, Michael Jackson, I'm sorry. So that was my only image of a Black American, right? So I remember stepping because my first thing, I didn't start in the fall. I started in the summer because we had band camp. I made it to the Texas State marching band. And my best friend to this day, and Elizabeth can tell you that. Colleen, Anita Keith, 30 years later, is still my soulmate best friend. We, our eyes met. And I thought, oh, my gosh, the young and the restless. She is going to be like my, oh, I can like breathe the same air. They're like, it's another culture. Right. So, and we had this, this boast like this. And she can tell you too, right? Colleen can tell you too. Because we were both the only two girls that made the saxophone section and we were both in Houston. She was from uh the the woodlands area, the spring area. And so she was also the drum major of her school. So we kind of came this like, what you think you're good? Well I'm good too and da -da da da. And so, but she she is um a a musician to the core. If she could pick up the saxophone right now, she'd play and she is amazing. Right. But we met and we became the dearest of friends. It is so funny how people coming from the opposite worlds had so many things in common. She so many things we, 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 both wanted to be the best in, in our families. And, and just, we were, we were role models to our, she only has one other sister herself. um. So there are so many things in common. And so for me, that experience was key, right? So I started building relationships through those, through that entity. And so that was bad. I had the most amazing time. They took us, you know, to Oklahoma, you know, where, where the football team was, was, was getting there and, and, you know, her, her experience and my experience were a little different in the sense that she wanted to be a, an engineer and I wanted to be a teacher. So we had a blast first two years before she had to go uh, into AM. So she went to Texas A&M and finished her engineering degree out there. And uh, I continued my journey through through the educational platform, but band, band was always our, you know, our, our main thing. Uh, we did a, we, we did do the sixth street thing. We did the, and I, and I tell my mother to this day, it was through your prayer. You know how you say luck, Dr. I believe that it was yeah. my mama's prayers. She spent four years on her knees with a lot of velas, <laughs> I said, I don't even remember, and I don't know if I you know, if I should say this in the podcast, but I'm going to say it because it's a learning thing, wisdom, right? Um, you explore with a, a lot of new things. And for me, I had never been to my home later than it, the Friday football games, Friday night lights. Um, I didn't know how to wash because my mother did everything for us. So my first washing experience was I put everything in one. Everything came out pink, literally. My I called my mother and, and she says, well, didn't you put, I said, mother, I don't know how to wash. What do you mean? Like, did I? I don't know how to wash. I didn't know what I needed Urgent. I think my first, my first thing was water. I didn't know I had to put things. I just saw wash. That's it. So through washing through my first partying and my first thing in Austin and what it meant to drink a beer and drink and be at a party and not. I just remember my mother's voice and my father's voice of reason. Telling and talking to me. Cause I could have, you know, so many, first of all, so glad that there's no cell phones and kind of proof of anything. <laughs> so put look at mami. So that was it. I mean, I you know the exposure, and I always had them there with me. I tell mom and I tell my mom and mi padre and pases cansé. There was never a time that you guys were not with me, through your wisdom, through your words of reason, through hijita, mucho For me, I think I don't know if my sister will share this, but but for me, I always tell her. I always felt that. I wanted to prove our people wrong. When my father allowed me the privilege to leave home and come to the university, she had, he had all the compadres and the comadres and the, and the primos and the relatives saying, I know sabes lo que hiciste. Te va a regresar y va a regresar embarazada y va a venir bien casada. No sabes lo que hiciste Lupito. So in my mind, I'll show them that you don't worry about it. My parents had 10 brothers and sisters. Well, my mama had 10 brothers and sisters, 10 from, and she was almost one of the youngest. I proudly can tell you that I was the first of all the brothers and sisters in the kids to get a university degree. The first Later on, I can tell you. You now you have like doctors and you have like colonels in the army and you have counselors and you have all of these things. But I was the first one from all of my mom's brothers and sisters to get a degree. The old now now the older cousins, yeah, they have degrees and they haven't. You know, they they did and and you know, but I was the first one to do that. When I returned and I graduated with my degree which that was a whole other beautiful story. Um, my father did a big old pachanga. Dr. did that huge one. And I'm telling you, he got on the microphone and he said, Miren. <laughs> and he was proud. And he was, to me, I lived my life to make my parents proud. And a lot of people can tell you that's not a way to live your life but I don't regret it one bit. Would I do it a bit differently? I think I might have. Right. And I think maybe if I would have gotten my master's degrees sooner than before, like after, before I got married, then I, my life would have been a little different, but I always lived my life to make my parents proud always, because it was very clear to me that their sacrifice was done with pleasure and with a lot of love. And that's what I wanted to give them back. Just a little bit of what their sacrifice has been all about. I teach my kiddos a little different. You live your life for you. (laughs) Don't live life to make mommy and daddy proud. And of course my husband, yes, you do, you do. (laughs) But you live your life for you. Yeah. But generally... Dr. Saliber, I can tell you that my kids, especially Michael Ray, the oldest, he does live his life to make us proud. He does. He does. And um as a UTRGB active, you know, army recruit for love of country and God, I mean, I and I tell him to live a little like. Oh, I will, mom. Don't worry. It's gonna be. It's gonna be in my time. Don't worry. It's okay to be out more than midnight. No, I know, mom. You know. (laughs) So, but he still does that. He still does that. My beautiful boy, Haley, won't. Purple hair, not so much. But you know. (laughs) Yes, go girl. Do it differently than your mother and your father. But yeah. So, so that's my. You know, that was my experience at Texas State in a (laughs)
0: nutshell. So. One, it sounds like, again, like, you know, you had, you had some wonderful experiences, you know, and really made the most of your time there. You know, when you got done, your father threw that big pachanga for you. Um, You know, was, did you struggle at all to find the job or did you immediately no. come back and work here or what happened
1: immediately? Next? Immediately. I, I, um, because I did. And I think that this also you see about, you know, the, the prayer I tell you when I, I did my student teaching abroad, I did my student teaching in uh, Liverpool and oh, wow. I traveled. Yes, that's a whole other hour. We have 10 more minutes. Excuse me. But I can be here for six if you want me to. So anyway, so while this journey and band and I was a, pretty much done with band and my scholarship my last year of student teaching, a wonderful opportunity came through. My, um, you know, I was exposed to and was asked through the education department, "Do you want to do it here? Or do you want to go abroad?" Abroad? What do you mean? Europe? You mean there's another part of this world? So I did my student teaching. I was in I was in Europe for six weeks, no, half a semester. I'm sorry, uh, doing my internship in Liverpool. And on weekends, we would do the the college thing and we would go backpacking and at hostels. And now that would be a little dangerous. But so I traveled Ireland and Spain and Paris. We did all of that. So. Maybe part of the curriculum was that. So every summer I would come home and I would ask, you know, I'm telling you that Miss Conley, that was at Mission High School. Uh, every summer he she'd hired me as a tutor, or whatever. So she says, When you're done, you come back to me, I'm gonna give you a job. But Miss Conley, no, 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 you come back to me and I'm gonna give you a job. Uh Dr. Saliva, I came back that summer, I got a job, and then because my degree was a, a, a little younger, I was able to get it and I got it at middle school. The best adventure I could have ever had for 21 <laughs> years, the best. So I started at Mission Junior High as an English reading English teacher. And then um, I transitioned to Kenneth White Junior High for 20 years. Actually, yeah, 20 years. And um and all through through the power of the fact, or the fact that I couldn't pass that darn English test, the teaching test, I couldn't pass that English portion of it. I passed the education portion of it, but I couldn't pass that English. But Mission knew the caliber of teacher that I was. I said, No, no, no. We cannot just wait. So you couldn't pass English. You know what? I'm going to give you. I'm going to send you to K White, and you're going to teach their ESL because you have a you have an Spanish major, right? Yes, I do. So then I went to K White and did ESL for three years. And then the principal says, who was my next angel on earth, Mr. Pete Garcia. Um, And besides Mr. Charles Garcia, it's Pete Garcia then was the most instrumental man in my life and the shaping of my career. Uh, Again, saw something in me. And uh, he says, "I, you know what? I need you in the regular reading class." And I'm going, "Sir, I can't pass an English test." No, no, no. I don't want you to pass an English test. I need you to go into reading because in three years, Nancy, you do know your scores, right? I said, "I don't know. What do you mean the scores? I would. I had in one year the children would come in immediately from Mexico, Doctor Saliver, and I and I had 83%, 85% passing." in English test. So, and then it was my last year, I had a 93% recent immigrant babies. So he says, no, 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 no. I need you to come to regular, you know, eighth grade reading. I said, you do know that I, I don't have very good luck with those tests, right? (laughs) He says, come. (laughs) I'm like, okay, well, I have a Nancy. No, no, no. And then, so then I took my reading test and I passed it the first time. And um, he says, do you want to be a counselor? Mr. Garcia, no, I don't want to be a counselor. I'm okay here. I think that's, you know, I think that's where you need to find a master's degree for that, right? So (laughs) there I go, a daddy. And you know what? My dad was still alive. Maestría es más educación. Sí, yo te lo pago. Papito, pero no, no, yo te voy a pagar tu maestría. So he paid for my master's. And that's why Davia Real, Dr. Saldiva. My husband did not pay for education, bachelor's, master's. And no, I'm not going to go get a doctorate, even though Mr. Garcia would say you need to go get your doctorate. Anyway, so I have two master's degrees in counseling and in administration. And it was through that continued education. So when it came to what is your name on your degrees, it's always via My father never had a boy. My last name stops with me because both my kids are Garza. And so this is the only way I can continue to honor my father, even as he has passed honor, his sacrifice, honor what he has done. And he did so lovingly with his daughters, made them very independent, independent thinkers, um, genuine, loving and caring individuals. And that's why Davi Vial stayed. When my husband asked for my hand in marriage, because he was very formal about it, I told him that I would not change my last name And then at the end of the day, if we had children, they were big, so he says, you got it. I told him why, and he knew what my father and mother were and continued to be, my mama. And so he agreed, and he says, okay, you got it. So in a nutshell, I agreed with mission, and that's why I've stayed ever since. Mission has been amazing to
0: me. thank you for sharing all of that. Um, it's such a beautiful story and I know there's so much there to unpack, but I also want to be mindful of your time. Um, and, and so really we just a, one, you know, one thought that I have, um, one, thank you. I, I'm sure you've thanked your mother countless times for her prayers because it sounds like every step of the way there was somebody there looking out for you somebody who saw potential in you and wanted to invest in you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so congratulations. And, 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 and that is just, again, just such one, a wonderful story. But as we, as we step away, what I think, what final piece of advice or final words would you like to share with our listeners out there?
1: Through my journey, I have found, and I always have the example of my son. To me, I had a lot of wonderful opportunities, and I was fully present, and I was smart enough to grow and be who I am right now. But I'll share the journey of my son. And through him, I continue to learn. My son was diagnosed with a learning disability in the third grade. And he always had difficulty completing a sentence. And coming from the educational platform, what am I going to do for this boy? I don't know what to do, I'm the expert, right? What am I gonna do? Ray, what do you think? That's my husband, what do we do? And so at the end of the day, we continued to pray and we loved him. We loved him hard, deep. We did. And we provided him not with the opportunity to or give him the excuse of any kind of failure or anything because he had this disability. But we told them, there's always ganas, mijito. Esas ganas que no se te quiten, right? That love. What do you want, Michael? What do you see? But I can't. Really, is that an option? No, it's not an option. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So, in ninth grade, he acknowledged the fact that he no longer wanted to be in special education. So, I told him, Hito, entonces, what are you going to do next? Well, I know that I can, with a lot of hard work and a lot of hard work, and that's what it is hard work, right? So, he says he was, he exited from the special education department, you know, uh, platform, and he graduated from high school and now carries a 3.5 at UTRGV. Last year, he wrote a 14 page paper and he got an A plus. Through his journey, I believe and truly believe that it's about ganas and it's about you can do it. And you're not going to allow anything to get in the way. Nothing, nothing, nothing. You have to see it. Because I tell him, Michael, you're writing your own story. I am not going to be there to do the paper and the pencil for you. And I continue to learn through him. We all have the opportunity. It's about capturing it. Being vigilant of what and and be vigilant because there's always going to be somebody that's going to give you the opportunity. You just need to grasp it. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid to be intimidated. And you're going to walk through it. It's going to be awesome. And I'm telling you, my son, who couldn't write a sentence The doctors told me he was going to have all sorts of difficulty learning and being born and this. And he's a miracle, a walking miracle, because he was loved and he took advantage of those opportunities that have been given to to him through whatever. So I also know that it was through opportunities and grasping them, but putting yourself out there. Don't be afraid of it. Dr. Salida, you can't be afraid. You're here. Let's go. Let's move forward. Make it happen for yourself. Pero yo no te puedo dar esas ganas, right? I can be there for you. I can open up the doors, but you have to be bold enough to enter without being so cliche, right? Enter, go. Con ganas y Let's go. What's next? Never looking back. What's next? So I tell you and leave you with that. It is through the journey of si se puede grasping those opportunities because they're always going to be there. And knowing that somebody's always somebody always loves you enough to pray for you and to make it happen. Somebody's always gonna be there.
0: I I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I think that was just. It's a beautiful way of, of I think, concluding our, our conversation, our interview. Nancy, thank you for your time today. Thank you for sharing the story. Thank you for opening up and being so honest and transparent with our listeners. I'm sure there's going to be a number of, of talking points, a number of points in your story that, that will, our listeners will be able to connect to. And I think especially the story about your son. And and, and, and the love and the opportunities that that were there and were created for him and that you all, the support that you all gave your son, I think it was just beautiful. Um, Nancy, thank you. Thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you. Thank you for the, the honor and the pleasure of uh, bringing those memories from very deep, deep inside and, and, basically bringing them to light. I don't often get the opportunity to share and it's been delightful. Thank you for that.
0: I'm I'm glad I could do that. I'm glad we could do that for you. So this concludes another episode of the Way to College podcast. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and follow and rate the podcast, please. And please share it with others. And uh, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. And bye-bye.